Welcome to the Bards FM podcast. This is Scott Kesterson, and tonight you're listening to Unity and Rebellion. This war is real. Fighting is everything. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Tempt not the righteous man to draw his sword. Conviction, righteousness, ruthlessness. To understand tolerance, you have to understand the line of intolerance. War is the teacher, soldiers are the students. They become the bards of war. Good evening, patriots, and it is Monday, May 30th in the year 2022. Blessed Memorial Day it is as we remember all of those who have fallen and shed their blood and lives for this nation and equally all of those who have served. Just a quiet moment here as we remember all of them. For all of those who have served, for all of those who have paid the ultimate price, for all of those who I've had the honor to serve with, and to all of those who are still serving, thank you and God bless you all. May your God keep you safe. Patriots, before we begin, make sure you're taking good care of your finances and taking good care and protecting your wealth. We are in a very difficult time. Stock markets are in chaos. A lot of things are happening. So, Take good care of what you've had hard-earned time to, to gather and to collect and to have as far as yours. Patriots, we have been witnessing the economy slowly go through a death spiral. And the Fed has boxed itself in. The economy is in dire straits. And thanks to a loose money policy, there's no end in sight. Apparently, you just can't spend trillions every year without repercussions. And now, in an attempt to play catch-up, the Fed is raising rates and plans to do it seven more times this year. We're already starting to see the ripple effects in the housing market as people's buying power diminishes. What are you doing to protect your money? Have you considered what could happen if the stock market continues to fall or worse, crashes? Don't wait until that happens. Take some of your profits from the stock market now and solidify them with gold from Birch Gold. Throughout history, gold has maintained its value better than any other investment in the world. So text BARDS, B-A-R-D-S, to the number 989898. Again, BARDS, B-A-R-D-S, to the number 989898 for a free zero-obligation info kit on holding gold in a tax-sheltered retirement account. Again, text BARDS to 989898 and secure the gains from the hard-earned capital that you have. 
join the thousands of Happy Birch customers, the countless five-star reviews, and an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau. Birch Gold. They're professionals. They're some of the best in the market. So again, text BARDS at 989898 to protect your future with gold. Pages, we're going to begin tonight with a short piece from our favorite criminal and trader, and that's Barack Obama. I want you to hear this piece. You just have to flood a country's public square with enough raw sewage. You just have to raise enough questions, spread enough dirt, plant enough conspiracy theorizing that citizens no longer know what to believe. Once they lose trust in their leaders, in mainstream media, in political institutions, in each other, in the possibility of truth, the game's won. The key to a good information war is to create perpetual division and to create such chaos that people, as he said, don't know who to trust. And in so doing, you break down the fabric of society and the the reliance on systems, but not just the reliance on systems, the trust, which is the key word. And in so doing, people will then be fragmented and easily conquered, literally divide and conquer. The entire information war that we've been part of has been at the center to keep people divided and keep people separated from their trust in each other and even the trust in government. As we're witnessing right now with what's going on with this aftermath of this event in Texas and the shooting, there is so much chaos in that event, we have no idea which truth, what is truth and what is not. What we can say is if there were those that died, we have our prayers for them and the loss that they've suffered as families. But we also know that there's an intentional effort going on to demonize local police and to continue to keep people off base and avoid speaking the truth. And today there's even been mention of tearing down the school, the same school that at the time of the shooting was listed as closed for five years. We don't know what the truth is. What we do know is that money, money buys just about everything. And that's continuing even with the war in Ukraine and was always at the core of the war in Afghanistan. Listen to this piece. It includes a short stint from Julian Assange. Here's what's really going on. Because the goal is not to completely subjugate Afghanistan. The goal is to use Afghanistan to wash money out of the tax bases of the United States, out of the tax bases of European countries, through Afghanistan, and back into the hands of a transnational security elite. That is the goal, i.e. the goal is to have an endless war, not a successful war. So that's what's going on in Ukraine. And if you're getting your news about Ukraine from the corporate media, you have no idea what's actually happening. That is what's happening. This war could be ended today if the United States wanted it to be ended, but they will not allow Zelensky. NATO will not allow him to peace negotiate with Putin. Why? Because they want to keep funneling $40 billion of aid, military lethal aid, to the military-industrial complex pockets. You're, you're being fleeced. This is called fleecing of America. That's what this is. And that's why we're a failed state. We're a failed state. The United States is a failed state. You just can't tell yet.
but we're there. And the wars were successful because the point of the wars are not to be won. Point of the wars is to transfer money from the treasuries of the government into the pockets of the people who run the military industrial complex. And the banksters and those that are peddling on Wall Street. Of course, tying that and spreading the wealth into your 401k so that everybody's complicit in the crime. All by design. They hide everything behind the front of good or some noble cause. The dark aspect of Afghanistan is that we spent the longest in the histories of war. It was the longest war we had. And all of the time we spent there, ultimately, it was about laundering money. It was about growing opium to traffic and trafficking kids. All of that was dark money stuff. And at the middle of that, the dark side of the CIA and other global elements were actively involved in doing that. So I've said before, and it's extremely important to realize that it, when on a day like this, when we're remembering soldiers, you have to separate out those that do the evil, create the wars, and those who have served for a noble cause. And that's an important distinction because Right now, trust in government should be at an all-time low. And I would hope that it's almost non-existent in your heart because there is no trust in government at this point in time. There should not be. There are trust. You can develop trust in individuals, but not in government. The institution has turned against us. It is by definition a despotism, a tyranny. And it is now running this nation on many levels. It's also running the Western nations. What we have to be asking right now is what are these people so afraid of or what else do they have planned? Obviously, gun control is on the docket right now. It's a big one, which tells you that something big is coming. They want control in one way or another. They're doing everything they can to legislate control over our right our Second Amendment right. They're trying to legislate control and legislate the Second Amendment into oblivion. This is what they always do. The question you have to ask is, what is it they are doing that's so diabolical that they know if we knew, we'd shoot them, period. It's that simple. And it's not just here. If it was just in the United States, you could just look at it as another liberal attempt to do what they always do. But this is global. Listen to Trudeau today. Introducing legislation to implement a national freeze on handgun ownership. What this means is that it will no longer be possible to buy, sell, transfer, or import handguns anywhere in Canada. In other words, we're capping the market for handguns. That should be a question everyone's asking, which is, what is it that's coming that they don't want people to be armed to protect or to seek retribution on? I'm going to read something here. It's from a, an account on Telegram called White Rabbit Q. I'm not confirming any of this, but I want you to hear what I think is a fairly good potential narrative of what's to come and might start explaining why they're so concerned about the guns. This reads, families, children, animals are being killed in the floods through the world in weeks. 
millions of people dead from the bioweapons, COVID release, hundreds of thousands dead from the vaccines, hundreds and thousands dead from suicide across the world during lockdown. Don't forget you are inside the war that has never been seen before or experienced. Most Anons have not had a family die in the flood yet, lost property in the floods, family, friends dead from the bioweapons, COVID-19 vaccines. Most Anons haven't suffered that yet. Most people don't understand the plants were attacked with bioweapons as well. Wow, and the weaponized virus. Trees are dying and plants through the floods. Next week's will shock the world. More floods, devastation, lockdowns returning, food shortages, gas shortages, cyber attack, brink of war with Russia, China, U.S., Taiwan. World riots, summer on fire. Pray they can't pull off a tsunami event. Think about the hints you've been given. Game theory. Sometimes you can't tell the public the truth. You must show them. Only then will people find the will to change difficult truths. They are difficult truths. And they're the reality of the enemy that we fight that has no rules. This is not an enemy that has any restrictions. They will go after children, as they have shown. Put aside the Texas issue, they've been going after children with a bioweapon. Listen to this piece. This comes from Dr. Naomi Wolf. I'm going to read the beginnings of this. This was posted on May 29th, yesterday. Dear friends, sorry to announce a genocide. It's really true. They know they are killing the babies. I've been silent for some weeks. Forgive me. The truth is I've been rendered almost speechless or in the literary equivalent of that because recently... I've had an unenviable task of trying to announce to the world that indeed a genocide, or what I've called clumsily but urgently, a baby die-off is underway. The War Room Daily Clout Pfizer Documents Research Volunteers, a group of 3,000 highly credentialed doctors, RNs, biostatisticians, medical fraud investigators, lab clinicians, and research scientists have been returning our report, turning out report after report, as you may well know, to tell the world what is in the 55,000 pages of internal Pfizer documents, which the FDA had asked the court to keep under wraps for 75 years. By court order, these documents were forcefully disclosed. And our experts are serving humanity by reading through these documents and explaining them in lay terms. You can find all of these volunteers' reports on dailyclout.io. Dailyclout.io. The lies revealed are stunning. The War Room Daily Clout volunteers have confirmed that Pfizer and thus the FDA knew by December 2020 that the mRNA vaccine did not work that they wanted, they waned in efficacy and presented a vaccine failure, one side effect of getting vaccinated as they knew by one month after the mass 2020 rollout was COVID. Pfizer knew in May of 2021 that 35 minors' hearts had been damaged a week after mRNA injections. 
but the FDA rolled out the EUA for teens a month later anyway, and parents did not get a press release from the U.S. government about heart harms till August of 2021, after thousands of teens were vaccinated. Pfizer and thus the FDA, many of the documents say FDA confidential at the lower boundary, knew that, contrary to what the highly paid spokesmodels and bought-off physicians were assuring the people. The mRNA, spike protein, and lipid nanoparticles did not stay in the injection site in the deltoid, but rather went within 48 hours to the bloodstream and from there to lodge in the liver, spleen, adrenals, lymph nodes, and if you were a woman, in the ovaries. Pfizer and thus FDA knew that the Moderna vaccine had 100 MCGs of mRNA, lipid nanoparticles, and spike proteins, which were more than three times the 30 MCG of the adult Pfizer dose. The company's internal documents show the higher rate of adverse effects with the 100 MCG dose, so they stopped experimenting with that amount internally due to the reaction genicity, Pfizer's words. But no one told all of the millions of Americans who got the, the first dose and second MCGG Moderna dose and the boosters. Pfizer screwed, <laughs> actually said skewed, excuse me. Pfizer skewed the trial subjects so that almost three quarters were female. A general, that is a gender that is less prone to cardiac damage. Pfizer lost the records of what became of hundreds of their trial subjects. And it goes on. Starting to see the picture of what these people are so afraid of. They are truly beginning to be aware that they are vulnerable. And so the first thing they're going to do is squeeze everywhere they can. They want to take out any potential that would allow people to stand up to a threat. Because I will guarantee you, as this continues to progress, they will now try to implement things like more lockdowns. They just did it. CDC announced yesterday that we're in a phase two of a monkey, monkey, oh, that's monkey works, not monkey works, monkey pox, monkey pox lockdown. When you go over and see monkey, ask him if he's related to monkey pox, because I know some of you listen to him. Anyway, go on over there and say monkey, talk about monkey pox. Anyway, we are dealing with another, another pandemic. The issue of this monkeypox is completely fabricated. It's either a reaction to the injection, and that's a covering of that, and people getting sick and dying, or it's potentially what's in the what's in the ability of the mRNA and all the nanolipid particles and the graphene oxide, which allows it to quote be updated and then mimic a virus from within. The whole intent is to keep people constantly scared. But it doesn't stop there. That's the thing. They're continuing with this assault. And the thing to appreciate on this day where we're honoring those who have served and given their, their lives, this war we are in is real. This is not an imaginary thing. They're waging a full war on humanity, and it's a different type of war than anyone's ever seen or experienced. Our soldiers are good at shooting an enemy in a uniform or even digging out an enemy that tries to hide in a village. But when you're dealing with an enemy like this, it's everywhere and you have to constantly be sorting through the issues of truth and lies. It's all about discernment 
It's all about digging and finding the real truth underneath things. Listen to this scam that's going on and how they're covering up for all of the deaths in Australia. It's stunning. Cause of death in Australia with a warning an alarming number of people are falling victim to the disease. It's prompted fresh calls to mask up as we head into winter to reduce the strain on the state's health system and save lives. For more on this, let's bring in Victoria's AMA President, Dr Roderick McRae. Doctor, good afternoon. Now, would you support the return of masks? Look, I've encouraged the voluntary use of masks for several months now. It's a very simple, non-pharmacological mechanism of just reducing the transmission of not one but two highly infectious respiratory viruses that are really, really distressing our ability to look after people in the public health system. OK, so that's masks. Is there anything else we should be doing to stop the spread of COVID as we head into, head into winter? Yes, it's a nasty disease and winter appears to have started a few hours ago. The, all of the simple mechanisms, we've been hearing about them from, for about two years. Uh, it's minimise uh, your movement because that's how the virus transmits. Do simple things, sneeze correctly, cough into your sleeve or your lapel jacket, the mask wearing and get vaccinated. All of these things do so much for each of us as an individual to help ameliorate the stresses on the healthcare system. We're hearing about the numbers of deaths every day, but who is actually dying? Is it the elderly or is it the young too? What's the spread? It, it's a, indeed a remarkable spread, so basically all ages from start to finish. The, we also have the influenza A virus zipping around Melbourne as well, and that's predominantly affecting the younger age group, so neonates, toddlers, preschoolers. And, of course, it's just going around classrooms and the staff associated there. There's a higher number of elderly patients succumbing as a consequence of COVID-19 infection, but it's not an absolute rule. And, of course, if we were to have an elite athlete die of COVID-19 in their 20s or 30s, we'd hear all about it. What about those who were double vaxxed but not boosted? How at risk are they now? Well, look, the uh, clear medical advice is that they're highly at risk. So we use this language that says fully vaccinated, but that was long ago and against different variants. Through calendar uh, 2022, that's the last five months, it's predominantly the Omicron variant. And despite people reporting that it doesn't give such a severe illness, it's actually killed more Victorians and more Australians in this five months and in the preceding two years. People really need to be alert to the fact that the virus is not uh, away, has not gone anywhere, absolutely stressing the presentations of every part of our healthcare system, from the paramedics on the road, nurses and midwives and colleagues in the emergency department. And bear in mind, it's mighty cold outside. And if you go to an emergency department, you may well be deposited in a tent outside. Okay, Dr. Roderick McRae will leave it there this afternoon. Thank he is you so much straight up. Either he is a, an idiot or he is a straight up paid shill, because the only thing that he's not telling you is this. Bring out your dead. Bring out your dead. That's where we aren't yet, fortunately.
Patriots, this war is insidious, and it's completely in people's head to believe that this virus is absolutely real because it's not. All they're doing now is they're creating more of these pandemics as they know that the injections are killing people, and it's and this will continue because the WHO has even told us today that there will be all sorts of viruses forever. Lockdowns will never go away. Well, they know because it's going to take years before everybody dies off that already took the injection. That's coming, and we know that. But let's keep in mind also who's pushing all these narratives. Hey, TikTok. So don't forget those same Democrats that are out there pretending to grieve the loss of the 19 innocent children in Texas are the exact same Democrats who just two weeks ago stood and screamed like little children on the steps of the Supreme Court to fight for the right to unalive the unborn. Tell me how this logic can ever make sense to anyone. So back to Red Wave 2022, we've got to make it happen. I am working every single day tirelessly to ensure that we do make it happen. This mentality, this illness, whatever you want to call it, has no place in America and most certainly will not continue past November. Much love. Liberalism is an illness. It is a disease. It is literally the silent weapon. It is the silent killer. It's getting in people's heads. And as people wear down, they're looking for easy ways out, which is going to bait them into even the deeper traps. And those deeper traps are the things like UBI, as they spend more and more time on the web. And of course, in doing so, they're just giving themselves more and more to the control agents, the masters, the puppet masters of all control. When it comes to telephone calls, nobody is listening to your telephone calls. So that was a lie. 2001. President George W. Bush orders the National Security Agency, or NSA, to begin monitoring the private communications of American citizens without warrants. The warrantless wiretapping program required no approval from courts and allowed agents to listen to international telephone calls and read emails. By 2006, the NSA is secretly collecting the phone records of tens of millions of Americans using data provided by AT&T, Verizon, and others. It is the largest database ever assembled in the world. The goal being to create a database of every call ever made. At the time, this was completely illegal, but no problem. Congress legalized it in 2007 and 2008. The NSA then launches its PRISM program, forcing nine internet service providers to hand over billions of emails to government data farms. To help store all this data, the NSA built a data center in Bluffdale, Utah, costing $1.6 billion. It houses a storage capacity measured in yottabytes, each yottabyte the equivalent of 1 trillion terabytes. To put that into perspective, the entire Library of Congress could fit in just 15 terabytes. The NSA has since logged every phone call ever made in America since 2006. With these records, they're able to learn far more than from just listening to phone calls. Metadata can be very revealing. According to a study published in the British scientific journal Nature, just four data points about the time and location of a phone call can identify the caller 95% of the time. And by using trilateration, intelligence agencies and law enforcement can now track an individual's location 
moment to moment. By using cell phone towers, authorities can track the altitude of a person down to the specific floor in a building. There's even software that exploits the cell phone data seeking to predict a person's most likely route. It is extreme big brother. Since 2010, the NSA has applied sophisticated software to create social network diagrams to unlock secrets about regular calls to psychiatrist offices or late night messages to extramarital partners to be exploited for blackmail and espionage. According to documents leaked by Edward Snowden in 2013, the NSA has been using online sexual activity and visits to pornographic websites as vulnerabilities to be exploited. Wherever you are, the NSA's databases store information about your political views, your medical history, your intimate relationships, and your activities online. We are all being monitored, tracked, recorded, cataloged, and you're all in along with me. We all share this, some data file down in Utah. You're going to have a very difficult time in the as we move forward, we all are going to have a very difficult time because this data is not used for good purposes. Technology by itself is benign politically and without bias. The problem is that the handlers of the technology are all evil. That's just the bottom line. And that goes back to what we said originally. Do not trust your government. Now, in 1796, near the end of his second term, President George Washington was 64 years old and at the time, he was suffering from ills, both physical and political. And he was plagued, believe it or not, with painful dentures and rheumatism. Just a little tidbit for you. And, increasing, and facing increasing attacks from opponents of his policies, the former revolutionary general decided he would not seek a third term in the nation's highest office. He was not restricted to two terms at that time. Washington felt that if he died in office, he feared it would establish a president, a precedent that the presidency was a lifetime appointment. Instead, he stepped aside to make way for a successor, proving a future, proving to future generations and his contemporary critics his commitment to democracy rather than power. And he wrote, it was then James Madison who wrote his farewell address. And in it, he listed three critical things. The importance of unity. And what he discussed was that we have in common cause fought and triumphed together, Washington declared. The independence and liberty you possess are the work of joint councils and joint efforts of common dangers, sufferings, and successes. The other point that he brought up was worst enemy of a government, which is loyalty to party over nation. When Americans voted according to party loyalty rather than the common interest of the nation, Washington feared it would foster a spirit of revenge and enable the rise of cunning, ambitious, and unprincipled men who would usurp for themselves the reins of government, destroying afterwards the very engines which have lifted them to unjust dominion. In fact, the political parties had already begun to emerge by the time Washington stepped aside. Federalists 
who drew their support largely from New England, advocated a strong national government and the fiscal programs created by Hamilton, the nation's first Secretary of Treasury. Republicans, which later Democratic Republicans, led the Southerners, like Thomas Jefferson and Madison, opposed Hamilton's economic policies. They also split from the Federalists in foreign policy, favoring a closer relationship with France over Great Britain. Washington supported Hamilton's financial programs and sided with the Federalists in supporting the Jay Treaty with Britain, which was unfortunately because John Jay sold us out. And the third element that Washington identified was the danger of foreign entanglements. Just as regionalism would lead to the for- formation of political parties, Washington believed that partisanship would open the door to foreign influence and corruption. While he advocated for the United States to be an, on good terms with all nations, especially commercial relations, he argued that inveterate antipathies against particular nations and passionate attachments for others should be excluded. Europe had its own very comp- complicated set of interests and the United States should keep its distance from European affairs, Washington believed. Although Washington saw the need for the nation to involve itself in foreign affairs in the case of war or other emergency, he argued that it must steer clear of permanent alliances with any portion of the foreign world. That man was visionary. And here we are today, a product of all three of those. We're getting divided by the ruling elite We have too much loyalty to parties. And we know that there's foreign entanglements trying to destabilize our government. The only way we get through this is for us to step back, to cast aside the allegiance to parties, follow that line of truth, and fight from that point of view. I've said this many times. I do not care if a person is green in party, purple in party, Republican, Democrat, I don't care. What I care is, where's your relationship to God? Where's your relationship to our Constitution and the Bill of Rights? And what's your position on the fundamental elements that are outlined in the Declaration of Independence? And when we get to those core issues, we are now able to, to shape a decision around a politician that has nothing to do with parties. Parties are just another form of idolatry, and it's what has led us here. And on this Memorial Day, as we reflect very deeply on the state of affairs of our union, of our republic, the loss of lives that have been incurred over the 243 years, the efforts now to disarm the public, the rise of fascism, the rise of ignorant stupidity on a massive group of people that think that progressive politics will lead to a better way of life, the willingness to give up hard-fought liberties for the convenience of easier life, health insurance, and UBI, all material things that the elite control, those are the real enemies, all driven by party politics and manipulation. We as a people have the obligation to question, to dig, to question, to dig, 
and to hold accountable above all. And when it comes to a point when we cannot hold those accountable and they are not able to be held accountable for the offices that they hold, which is supposed to be offices that they hold by our vote, not by the manipulation of dominion machines or corporate meddling or special interests or super PAC money or whatever else gets them there, including big pharma money, until we can get to that place, we are living in a form of tyranny and we are slaves. This is a time now that we have to come to hard grips with what this system is doing and trying to do, and it is trying to crush everybody. And this is kind of like the last desperate attempts of a dying institution. We have to encourage it to go ahead and die. That means everything we do, we have to defy and we have to raise up rebellion. There is no greater way to serve those who have given their lives or given their service to the nation than to lead the fight today for liberty. Thanking a soldier for their service It's nice, but it has little substance. But instead, taking that energy, that that intensity, that fearlessness, and applying that to the day, to this day, and to every day here forward, in the acts of defiance, in the acts of rebellion, in the fight for pure liberty, that's thanking someone who has served this nation. And it's the best thank you a soldier could ever have. Because the hardest thing a soldier has to face is fighting in another world, another place, and coming home and realizing that their country has been given away by people that don't value the Constitution but value a UBI more or don't value a Constitution but are more concerned about health care. The responsibility of covering the home front has always been ours. It's always been the people of America. And so now when people are looking for soldiers to fix this, this is ours to fix. It begins local. It is ours to fix, and we must. And when we understand how insightful George Washington was, how clear he saw the path ahead, we have to get back to those principles. We have to hold to unity. It's the key of what gives them power is when they divide us. We have to build the bridges and hold to unity. We have to destroy party loyalties of any kind. And as that power raises up, we have to separate ourselves from world politics and from entanglements in foreign affairs, which are not ours to deal with. That's why we're in Ukraine. That's the excuse they give for Ukraine, the excuse they give to Afghanistan and everywhere else. And above all, we have to remember that this country was always built with God on the throne above everything. There are three angels named in the Bible, Michael, Gabriel, and Lucifer. Two of them are still in place, one is not. Jesus said one of them fell like lightning. He saw Satan fall like lightning. He had instruments on the inside of him. He could sing better than everybody you know put together. 
But instead of the worship coming through him, he wanted it to come to him. So God had to kick him out because nobody can handle worship but the living God. And nobody is worthy of worship but the living God. The reason why the enemy hates you so much is because you and I get to worship God out of choice. He failed once and got kicked out. We fail all the time and he still wants to hear from us. And God always wants to hear from us. Patriots, let's pray. Father, we come to you today just very humbled by all that has come to pass and all the truth that has been revealed. In this day, we, we have our prayers for those who have sacrificed their lives in the many different ways, both in time and service and in the ultimate price, in defending and fighting for the principles of this nation with you on the throne. Father, in spite of the the hands of war that has manipulated these things to pit us against each other. We pray for those souls that truly have given all with the intention of doing good. War is an ugly thing. And those that make war, that contrive wars, need to be dealt with a hand of justice that only you can bring. Father, on this day equally, we pray for the many that are in this fight embolden their heart and their position, to raise them up as true soldiers in this fight, to give them the courage to defy, to raise up the rebellion against this evil, and above all, to enhance the unity among your children. We are in this time now as you will want us to be, as we walk closely with you and we walk within the body of Christ. Guide us in these times, Father. Protect us. And we say these things in Christ's holy name. Amen. It's a day to reflect and it's a day to be empowered. I will say this, those who have fallen would never want anybody to mourn them at the expense of standing down to this enemy. We are dealing with memories of people that were courageous, that gave their lives for a cause they believed in, which was centered on our Declaration of Independence and our Constitution. That's the legacy that we all share on this day. Don't just share it in memory, share it in action, because we are in a war. Keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil, never relent. Always press into the fight. Raise your prayers, patriots, for the beautiful, glorious sacrifice that so many have made. May we all be remembered so well. God is with us. He'll never forsake us. And in the end, God will always win. But we are here in this time, in this place, for just such a time as this. We are at war. Walk fearlessly with Christ. Occupy the land. Expand the kingdom. Mission forward. I'll see you tonight for Fishers of Men. Until then, or until the next time. God bless. And out for now. We shall pay any price, bear any burden, meet any hardship, support any friend, oppose any foe to assure the survival and the success of liberty. Every thoughtful citizen 
who despairs of war and wishes to bring peace should begin by looking inward, by examining his own attitude towards the possibilities of peace. Too many of us think it is impossible. Too many think it is unreal. But that is a dangerous, defeatist belief. It leads to the conclusion that war is inevitable, that mankind is doomed, that we are gripped by forces we cannot control. We need not accept that view. Our problems are man-made. Therefore, they can be solved by man. And man can be as big as he wants. No problem of human destiny is beyond human beings. Man's reason and spirit have often solved the seemingly unsolvable, and we believe they can do it again. Surely the opening vistas of space promise high costs and hardships, as well as high reward. So it is not surprising that some would have us stay where we are a little longer, to rest, to wait. But this city of Houston, this state of Texas, this country of the United States was not built by those who waited and rested and wished to look behind them. This country was conquered by those who move forward, and so will space. We choose to go to the moon in this decade and do the other thing, not because they are easy, but because they are hard. Because that challenge is one that we're willing to accept. The energy, the faith, the devotion, which we bring to this endeavor, will light our country and all who serve it. And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. thousands of years to show its face. It has only one intent, to destroy God's light and to enslave. It has no scruples. It has no rules but one, to win at any cost. But we will never bow, for we are the remnant that will hold the line. This is war. We fight. Push. We climb. We never give in. We become the nightmare that evil didn't know could exist. We pray. We stand. We live by the words in God we trust. We fear nothing. We are the light that can never be extinguished. We are patriots. 
We are the digital army that will help deliver God's wrath.